This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time the Babysitter's Club. Tanner, good news. You have good news for me? I have good news for you. Okay. Is it about me? No, it's about our child. Yours and Sarah's or? The child. Cyril. Cyril. Okay. Yeah. He's sleeping. Mm-hmm. Because oh. You want to know why? 7.15 there? Yeah, 7.15. I just got home from work and walked him around the block for an hour and 10 minutes. About, uh-huh. ooh, 10 or 20 turns around the old block, singing the whole time uh, that mo- the Mockingbird song. Uh, the jazzy one? The one where Mock. I promised... Yeah. No. Ding. No. Yeah. Mama. No, I didn't yeah. ask you to sing. Mockingbird. Though, I would love to get the actual Mockingbird song out of my head, because A, I have no intention of buying this child a fucking Mockingbird, and B, I don't know any of the goddamn words to it, so I just fucking sang the Mockingbird part of it over and over and over again sing for an hour, me. and I think I'm going to go sing crazy. sing to me. I don't know the words. Sing to me. Hush, little I don't know baby, what song don't say from. a word. Mama's going to buy you a mockingbird. If that mockingbird don't sing, Mama's going to buy you a diamond ring. If that diamond ring don't shine, Mama's going to buy you a diamond mine. I think I made up the diamond mine part, um, but the rest of it seems right. And then I just sing it over and over and over as I walk around the block. It's fun. It gets me into a good place to record this podcast. Sing? Why don't you sing? I give Every week I bring you a beautiful selection of music that you could easily impart onto your own son, Cyril. Not that I'm... I know when I said your own son, it implied that I think of you as a son, and that's not what I meant. <laughs> so you want me to sing him like Smash Mouth or like Savage Smash Mouth, Garden? Celine Dion, Savage Garden, uh, Boys to Men. Um, I don't think you've heard. Uh, Seal. I don't think you've heard the news. We're, um, oh. we're not doing singing anymore on the show. What do you mean? Um, the powers that be decided that the singing wasn't like working for our brand with this podcast about the babysitters club, because it's like, it's a podcast that's about books and it's not about singing. And so the powers that be have kind of decided that we're actually not going to do any more singing. I was like, please, can we do a little Tanner really likes it and I like to hear it, but they were firm on it. So it's unfortunately it's out. There's no more singing on the show. Are they Mm -hmm. worried Mm-hmm. That that might be considered a crime against humanity <laughs> to deprive the baby nation of this beautiful gift. I don't think so. Us? That's what I said. That's what I yeah. said. I was like, well, what about the crimes against humanity? And they're like, we've talked to our lawyers. We don't see there's any crimes being committed. And we've talked to the board. And the whole board has unanimously agreed that there is going to be no more singing on the podcast. And that's a mandate. You know, Jack, you know me. I'm a bit of a bad boy. Right? <laughs> you certainly are. You certainly are. Yeah. When someone tells me not to do something, it just makes me want to do it. Even if it's the fucking so board of directors? Much. Fuck the board of directors. <laughs> well, oh, you know what else they said? What? Don't introduce the show within the first five minutes. Don't do it, they said. D- Tanner can't, it can't allow it to happen. Fuck the board. <laughs> hi, hi. They asked me to say, and welcome bored. to the Babysitter's Club Club, Club. A podcast in which I am Jack Alexander Shepard. This guy right here, he's got a name. His name is 
Tanner Greenring. And the both of us talk about the classic novels of The Princess of the Prince of Towns, St. Annabelle Matthews Martin, Stormborn Soul Skinner, Mother of Clocks, and Bane to Bats. She is, as you probably know if you've been listening along, the first of her name and the last of her kind, and the last hope for humankind. Baby Nation, this week we are going to be talking about a little book called Dawn and Dong. No, it's Dawn. Dawn. I made that same mistake. It's Dawn. Dawn and Too Many Sitters. Book number 98. And episode number 101. Don't ask why. If we were Dalmatians, we would be the number of them. For this episode, Baby Nation? <laughs> Good. Um, I was thinking that today we could, we could hone in on the text. We could uh, focus on some of the themes that Sweet Pete and Anne draw out in this interesting novel. I would love to do that, Baby Nation. This book was written by Anna Martin with a ghostwriter credit to Sweet Peter Larangis. Mm-hmm. Swimming in a sweet sea of Pete this week, nipple deep. Mm-hmm. Kiss Sweet Pete's feet. Jack, I I want to figure out the most delicate way to say this and the most respectful way to say it. Okay, well, be fucking because careful. Pete is a brilliant writer. Mm-hmm. And a beautiful human being, and I want to treasure and honor him. There are those who say that Pete is a radiant beam of pure light and energy. I think that's mostly true. Yeah. It has been a pretty rough run (laughs) of Pete books lately. Careful what you say, because you can't unsay it. I just... It's been... I would say since Dawn left... Stony Brook. Pete's game has been a little bit off, man. Look, I see what you're saying. Here's the thing. This book was a lot of fireworks, a lot of verbal fireworks, a lot of comedy, a lot of great comedy, hard-hitting comedy. Literal fireworks. Literal fireworks. Literal fireworks. And it was, without question, good, clean, babysitting fun. G-C-B-S-F. Yeah. Good, clean, babysitting fun. It also was a side of Dawn. Dong? No, Dawn, Dawn, Dawn. Okay, it was a side of Dawn that we haven't seen in a while. Uh, fun Dawn, Fun Dong. No, Fun Dawn. Yeah, that's what I said. She was fun. Dawn's having fun. Nobody was fighting. Here's my one criticism of this novel. Hmm. I spent about two thirds of this book waiting for them to go to Hawaii. I think that's going to happen. Yeah. I know enough about the way Anne and Pete plan their schedules Yeah, to know that that Hawaii book is probably going to happen in a super special. Exactly. That we're going to have to read. And so I think what happened here in this- Nation, you heard it here first. We're going to definitely read that Hawaii super special. Just like we've read all the other ones. Just like we've read all the other ones. We're really excited about this one. Yeah. As we are all of them. Look forward to that. Yeah. And you know what they say about us, Tanner? Yeah. Just because the super specials are twice as long to read, that's not going to stop us. That's why we've read every single fucking one. Right. And discuss them all at length on this show. And discuss them all at length on this show. And if you miss those episodes, that's, that's on you. We are not gaslighting you. you. That's on you. Yeah. We can't, we're not going to go back and find them for you, baby No, Nation. and we're not going to gaslight you and pretend that we recorded them and didn't. No. <laughs> Could you imagine? The board of directors would certainly frown upon that. They're out there. You just need to find them. You just got to find them. However, I think that the flaw of this novel, which we are about to describe for you, Baby Nation, 
good as it was in many ways, is that it felt kind of just like a teaser for a super special. I think that's true of this book, Jack, but I want to have a frank discussion about Pete's abilities lately. Abilities is not the right word, because he's he's truly a gifted author. One of the most gifted. But I feel like the Pete we had 20 books ago was a different Pete. I feel like that Pete was just like peak Pete. And now I'm like, I read a Pete book and I'm like, this is a great book. It's just not like, it's not wowing me, you know? The plot left something to be desired. Yeah. I had so many Lorangis moments this week. I have so many burns of the week this week. Yeah, I had I so too. many moments that stood out that were just funny and clever. But the plot itself was, it was a B plot dressed up and sold as an A plot. That's the problem. Right. Yes, exactly. And maybe maybe Pete's being handed these fairly weak manuscripts. Maybe it's the Scholastic Lawyer's fault. Right. Maybe it's Anne's fault. I don't want to pat... I'm, I'm not here to pass out blame. No, no, that's not what we're here for. Um, and in fact, we could get in a lot of trouble for libel if we do pass out blame, right. which is why we're being we call very it libel careful. in America, but yeah. Okay, fine. I just feel like, Pete, if you're listening, and I think you are, I know you are, I just want, I want to know what was going through your head in this one, man. Yeah. I want to know what you were thinking. I want to know where you, what, what, the, what the thought process is on this one. And Pete, if you don't feel right, if there's something going wrong, or if somebody or some bodies, let's say a bunch of lawyers, are holding you back from your true potential, mm-hmm. just give us a signal. Yeah, signal just us. Let us know. Because I feel like we're the only people in the world who are paying attention enough to be able to help you. Submit a tip to the anonymous tip line. Yeah. We're always here. Jack and Tanner at babysittersclubclub.com. Yeah. Pete? Pete? Shoot us an email. And come on our show. And please come on our show. And we'd love you. And we would like to kiss you. No. No. Okay. I feel like he's not going to come on the show if you say that, Jack. <laughs> I feel like we're already skirting a real weird line with constantly talking about kissing his feet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Something you brought up and you were obsessed with. Because of but... the assonance. Yeah. <laughs> Tanner, um, let's describe this novel for the baby nation. Okay. And I then... Yeah. You to go first, okay. and then Jack, mm-hmm. I will do it. Here's the catch. I'll okay. do it in 60 seconds. Love it. I'm loving it. You're loving it. I'm loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. No, don't you fucking dare. No, I remember no singing. Okay, I'm going to- not st- singing. It's humming. I'm going to start describing this novel with your permission. Am right. I not allowed to hum? I'm okay with it, but- The board. The powers that be right. would prefer sure, sure, sure. that you not. Yeah. Um, I'm going to begin describing this book right now. There's only one thing that Dawn Schaefer loves more than the business that she has helped to build from the ground up, and that's her younger brother, Jeff. You say Jeff funny, too. You say Jaff. No, I don't. Did you know that? No. You too. I don't. You say Jaff. Jeff Schaefer, who is charming. You just did it again. Jaff. (laughs) Jeff Schaefer, who is charming, hilarious. Jack. Jeff. Jeff. That's what I'm fucking saying. It's like Jeff, 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 Jeff Schaefer, who is charming. Jeff. I don't interrupt you during your 60 seconds, do I? You do constantly. I never do. 
And it's detrimental because I only get 60 seconds. I'm going to start from the beginning. You get like you get 10 minutes to like blow VA. I do this in about 60 seconds, and I'm going to start from the beginning, and I would thank you not to correct my pronunciation of the word Jeff, which is pronounced Jeff. 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 There's only one thing that Dawn Schaefer loves more than the business that she has helped to build from the ground up, and that's her younger brother, Jeff. Jeff Schaefer, who is charming, hilarious, instantly likable. <laughs> you lost it. You lost it a little bit. You went back to Jeff a little bit there. Instantly likable and utterly, hopelessly ineffectual. So when Dawn takes pity on Jeff and gives him work, she's confident in her decision to bring her two great loves together. But as Jeff ruins one thing after another through his incompetence, recklessness, and downright malice, Dawn finds herself faced with the hardest choice that she will ever have to make. Between saving her business from her brother and saving her brother from himself. With the harsh, unwavering focus that only sweet Peter Larangis can bring to a narrative, this heartbreaking novel has as much to teach us about the determination and resilience required to achieve our dreams as it does about the hurt and betrayal required to destroy them. Dawn and too many sitters. Now you may talk. Uh, I um liked it. Liked it a lot. Thank you. My favorite part was when you were talking about Jaff and (laughs) Dong. (laughs) Jaff and Dong. The Schaefer siblings. The heartbreaking tale of Jaff and Dong, the Schaefer siblings. Tanner, what about you describe this book if you think you're so fucking high and mighty? I don't want to. Well, you got to I'm going to put 60 seconds on this, a big bad clock that I happen to have handy. Thank God for that. And we're going to have you describe the novel for the Baby Nation okay. in 60 seconds. Okay. You should like this okay. one. It's all B-plot. Ready? I think I can do it. It's like 10 B-plots. Yep. Are you ready? I am going to begin the timer. Jack, I'm ready. Okay. Good. I'm going to begin. Go ahead. Jack, I'm, I'm ready. Go ahead. Great. I'm leading up to it. I'm going to mm-hmm. begin the timer. Starting right now. Okay. Baby Nation. In this book, Dawn flies from California to Stony Brook for the summer to live in Stony Brook for the summer. It's the summertime. School's out. And she is looking to have some fun with her Babysitter's Club pals. Uh... The second she arrives, Jesse brings home a, claw, uh, a pamphlet that says that all the kids in Stony Brook can buy into a multi-level marketing scheme where they can go to Hawaii on a class trip, and they all decide to dedicate their summer to earning enough money to go to Hawaii together. Meanwhile, uh, Jeff and Jab, which is Jordan, Adam, Byron, Pike, decide they want to be boy babysitters. So they ask if they can be BITs, babysitters in training. Uh, They earn enough money to go to Hawaii. The BITs is a disaster, but they quit before they can be fired, and everything works out in the end. And time. Oh, and 4th of July happens. Yep, that's the plot, broadly. I think I got it all. Yeah, it was a plot light book. Pete. Um, Ring, ring. Ring, ring. No. Ring, ring. Jack, I'm going to hit pause. I'm getting a call. Ring, ring. Wait, 
Your phone's not. Ring, ring. It's happening in the in in our podcast. So, sorry, one sec. I'm getting a call, but like my phone's not actually. I'm like looking at my phone. It... Tanner, the call is happening in our podcast. Ring, ring. Oh, uh... ring, ring. <clears throat> ring, ring. Uh, uh, hello, Mark. Mark, Mark, is this Mark Markson? <coughs> get there, Tanner. Get there. <clears throat> hello. Uh, <clears throat> uh. Hello, Mark. This is Goliath Hardbody. Goliath. Mark. I knew I recognized your voice. Put down your fucking phone. We're in the middle of a board meeting. Uh. Okay. Sorry, boss. Yep. That's right. Yep. Sorry, boss. <laughs> we both work as you know and as i'm frankly surprised that i have to say at this high level board meeting at goliath industries and i'm this uh-huh. i'm the ceo oh yep and i am the c a o chief alternate officer goliath should we hang up and maybe pay attention to the board meeting or <laughs> Do you want to keep having the conversation? <laughs> yeah, let's hang up. I was just calling you to get your attention. Now, okay. As uh, as I was saying to Goliath, the board, you say goodbye. Okay, goodbye, <laughs> Mark. As I was saying to the board, um, our new BIT program is going to reap huge dividends for this company. I'm really thrilled about it. As you know, Mark, if you, I assume you were just paying attention, right? Uh, yep. Okay, good. Well, then you're on board with it. As you know, uh, BIT is when we bring in uh, babysitters in training to shadow people like you, Mark. Uh, They're going to shadow you on your sales calls and take 25% of your profits. So what I'm thinking is uh, we'll implement that program um, this uh, week. Goliath, just can I uh, really raise a quick... Mm concern okay <clears throat> sure not in love with the 25 percent thing i'm um my family and i are planning on going to hawaii later this summer and uh <laughs> doing my best to save up for that well that's perfect so... you'll just you'll just take on more work and it's going to do really well for the entire company uh, another concern another concern sorry mm. these babysitters in training mm. i don't quite understand the name they're gonna come on as as associates. As a, so they're going to come on pretty high level. They're going to shadow you on your sales calls. They're um, going to be here in the sales calls. They're going to be in client meetings. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. going to be pitching. When we do big kickoff calls uh, with the clients, yeah, 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 yeah. we're going to have the babysitters in training come in. And these guys are these are postgrads? Or? Uh, they're they're uh, 10 and 11-year-olds. Children. Yeah. We've got this great guy, Jeff Schaefer. He's a real cut-up. He's a comedian. Uh, he's going to be shadowing you on your calls, um, and he's he going to take... Goliath, he sounds incredible. Yeah, he's a real... He's, I've got some concerns. He's a real still. card. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know how much I love humor. Yep. Uh, 25... So let's say... Spitballing here. Okay. I close a... We get a uh, we get an RFP. We go and pitch a client. We, we close a deal for um, 300K. You're telling me this 10-year-old boy gets... Mm-hmm. $75,000 of that or... Yeah, something like that. And 
what's advantageous to the company in a big way is that uh, these BITs are going to go on to be experts in the field and they'll start their own companies doing what we do and create healthy competition. Mm. Younger. Younger, fresher, and hungrier. And that's what we want out here. Uh, and meanwhile, you can keep saving up uh, for that big trip to Hawaii that you and uh, Dave Davison and Rich Richson have been talking about uh, and pay for it with your incredibly generous 75% of your salaries. I um, love your vision, mm-hmm. Goliath. Obviously, I think you were a brilliant man. You've got a beautiful mind. Thank you. Thank you very much. I don't think this is going to work. I think that Jeff Schaefer, okay, as you know, you're obviously you're an old hat at this. You know, you've been in this industry a long time. Don't you dare call me an old hat, Mark, in front of the board. You've been you've been in this industry a long, long time. Certainly you have. know that when you're out on sales calls, there is a lot of diaper changing. <laughs> oh, I, I certainly do. Yeah, you and betcha. I happen to know for a fact that Jeff Schaefer is pretty ooked out <laughs> by poopy diapers. Well, okay, fine. That's a reasonable objection. And we have to move on because we're in a board meeting and we're taking up a lot of air here. But <laughs> I've already thought about that. What if he wears rubber gloves? Uh... It's airtight, Mark. I can't argue with you, boss. Right. You know, you know, it's your company. If you want to do this thing where we give ten-year-olds mm-hmm. jobs for twenty-five percent of your salary, five thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. uh, not even a year, uh, a sale, mm-hmm. probably several hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god, it's making me sick even thinking about it. Well, you can worry about it when you're sunning yourself on the beaches of Kauai. Goliath, they're just going to spend it all on pogs. <laughs> uh, what a topical reference. And it's it's 1996, six, seven. seven? Mm. They're going to be spending it all on pogs. Goliath. <laughs> and scene. And scene. So that's what's happening with old uh, Christy Thomas. Uh, we learned a little bit more about her titles this week. She's BSC's Big Kahuna. Officially, she's the club's president and founder. And unofficially, she is the director of advertising, creator of special events, and club spokesperson. I didn't know she had so many roles. It's called a multi-hyphenate, Jack. Yeah, it's what we call a multi-hyphenate. Um, mm-hmm. This week, she introduced a new initiative called the BIT Program. Uh, whereby uh, the babysitters give 25% of their salaries to Jeff and the Pike Boys. Colloquially known as Jab. Colloquially known as Jab. Jordan, Adam, Byron. Keep in mind, they're trying to save all their money for a Hawaii trip right now. And Christy, against her better judgment, decides to enact this BIT program. Yeah. Listen, I don't think Christy makes a lot of poor decisions right. when it comes to managing, but this seemed like a poor decision to me. It was a fucking catastrophe. It's a catastrophe, and it puts Marianne and Dawn in a really fucking difficult position. Um, Mallory, particularly. Marianne, Mallory, and Dawn all have to fucking deal with this shit because they have to take these fucking kids on their jobs they have to get up 25 percent of their salary and then when it all goes pear-shaped they have to fire their the brothers boys. the boys 
Except they don't get the opportunity. Here's I'm just now realizing. Yeah. Christy is not going to Hawaii. She is, but she's going in August. Right. Watson Brewer has decided to bring all the Brewer Thomas clan right to Hawaii in August on a family trip. And this school trip, this multi-level marketing scheme, right, does not include Christy. Right. Cuz she's she's not she's doing something else. She's going to July. Hawaii anyway when the rest of the kids are going to be there. Right. So now I'm wondering if Christy, by setting up this BIT program, was trying to sabotage her fellow babysitters. Wow. Because she's going to Hawaii either way. Well, why would she, right? Why would Christy ever do something like that? The Babysitter's Club is her primary interest in life, no matter what. Because she can't have six-sevenths of the babysitters, seven-eighths during this summer because Dawn's back. Right. Away in Hawaii. Oh, I see. Actually, that makes a ton of sense. That makes a ton of sense. She, because the the girls who are going on the trip or who are trying to raise money to go on the trip are Dawn, Abby. It is, it's everyone but Christy and Mal. Dawn, Abby, Jesse, Stacy, Claudia, Marianne, and Marianne, and Logan. That's going to ruin the BSC. Yeah. The only people who are staying behind are Mallory because she committed to some dumb thing at the Elvira's, the goat stone farm. Right. It's Christy because she's going a few weeks later with her family. Right. And Shannon because she goes to the Stony Brook Day Academy. So that's fucking brilliant. Christy cares about the BSC more than she cares about her friends. Right. That's been established. And that whole fucking operation is going to fall apart right. if it's running during the summer, which is a hugely busy babysitting time. Very busy. You're trying to run that operation with Shannon Kilborn, Mallory Pike. And Christy Thomas. And Christy. Even if you bring in, like, Wendy Loser, um yeah. or, like... You're still hobbled. Amelia Freeman's not going to be able to help you out. She fucking died. She's dead. She, she's fucking dead. Hobbled. Hobbled. The whole BSC is hobbled by this. So Christy, but here's the thing. She doesn't want to say to her friends outright, you can't do this. Right. I forbid you from doing this. She still loves her friends. She still wants the best for them. Right. So she needs to get subversive. So she manipulates this whole situation and she's like, okay, fine. Yeah, fine. You guys can go to Hawaii. I'm all for it. But you have to... Invite all these boy babysitters, these 10-year-old boys, on all your babysitting trips, and you have to give them a 25% of your money. Yeah, at this time when you're like trying to raise $250 in a week. Oh, gosh. Oh, God. You're trying to save all your money? Yeah. You're trying to save every nickel you get from babysitting? Mm. Ah. Nice. Ah. That sounds so difficult. Gosh. It's such a shame that this is the week when I've decreed that you're working at 75% pay. Right. Oh gosh, and you have to you have an extra baby on every job now. You have an extra charge. Brilliant. Christy. Fucking devious. A mastermind. A mastermind of corporate manipulation. Oh. She's like self-sabotaging her own company for gain. Well, to keep it alive, right? Yeah. The BSC is what matters. The BSC is the thing that is the most important. Do you want to we've got some stuff to talk about. Yeah, we certainly do. You want to talk about Livy Becker? Um, if you've got something to say about Livy Becker, I know who Livy Becker is, and I'd be interested to hear what it is specifically that you have to say about her. Well, nothing. Just, you know. Hit me. This book, Baby Sorry. Nation, was dedicated to someone called Olivia, parentheses, Livy Becker. So. Quick Google, nothing. So, onward. We know that 
Livia was married to a famous Roman emperor. Oh, okay, so you have you've done the research. No, I haven't. I'm just telling you the one thing I know about Livia. Livia Drusilla um was Whoa. married to the Roman emperor Augustus. Um Now you say so, Livia Livy mm-hmm. Drusilla. Oh shit. Was married to Augustus. Oh fuck. See, I didn't think I had anything on Olivia Becker uh parentheses Livy. Uh shit. And I was like, "Oh, let's move on. Let's like this is nothing." And then you mentioned that Livy is potentially Livy Drusilla. Well, the most famous Livia, as everybody knows, is the Livia who is mar- who is the wife of the Roman emperor Augustus, uh the mother of Tiberius, James Tiberius. She Kirk. was deified later. Mhm by the Emperor Claudius. And her second name is Drusilla. Yeah. And I'm realizing as I say this that... Um, that Drusilla is creeping back into our shit. awareness. Shit. You've invited her back in. Fuck. After... Oh. Fuck. We just went through this, Jack. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> I... Fuck. We just went through this. We just purged her. From our podcast, from our lives, from the lives of Baby Nation. Mm. And now you've just invited her back in. And invited her back in. Baby Nation. You've invoked her. Drusilla Destiny is the granddaughter of the witch, Morbid of Destiny. And we don't have time to get into it, but in the previous episode, I think we we had successfully purged her. Uh, but here she is again. And you know what that f- fucking raises, Tanner? What? This is a segment, I don't know how to introduce it. I'll just say it. Typo negative. Boop, 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 boop. Typo negative. Typo negative. I think beep, this is a typo. Beep. Oh, nice. That's the thing. I think this is a typo, but I don't know. This is just a very, very brief moment in the book when Byron is one of the boys, the J.A.B. boys, uh, one of the too many sitters who fucks up every fucking job by being really bad on the BIT program. Uh, babysitters in training one of the hijinks he has is he goes over on a sitting job and just drinks all the baby formula yeah that was weird that like that weirded me out a little well here's the line byron found he had a taste for baby formula he ended up drinking most of the salem twins's bottles himself who are the salem twins there are no fucking salem twins tanner (laughs) and and pete especially with his character bible are fucking obsessed yeah with introducing new babies and really digging into their backstories and we've gotten tons of new babies and we know everything about them and i have no idea who the fucking salem twins are. nothing we have marilyn and carolyn arnold yeah the arnold twins but they're not they're not baby formula drinking twins so who the fuck are the salem twins i looked it up on the fucking babysitters club wikia which is my bible mm-hmm. not a peep not a peep about the fucking Salem twins. Not one entry at all? Nothing. So they don't even recognize the Salem twins as mentioned in this There book. are no Salem twins. They are removed from history. Yeah. Jack, oh. So we just had a couple of fucking terrifying twins from Salem. I just like, I feel like we're in real deep here, man. Yeah. They're all creeping into our consciousness. I hope... Other people know about this, and I hope other people are aware of the Salem twins and Drusilla and Liv and all these other people. New Market, Ontario. Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. Fucking hell. Are these even real places? I don't think so. 
are we veil walkers now? Are we caught between these two places? Have we awakened something? Have we awakened something that exists between the worlds? And if we have, is it too late to say I'm sorry? Baby Nation, if you are aware of Newmarket, Ontario, Wauwatosa, the Salem Twins, Drusilla Destiny, yeah. if any of this sounds familiar to you from your real lives, please reach out to us and let us know. Yeah. Because we are terrified right now. Yeah, it's very frightening. We're doing everything we can to put this particular genie back in the bottle to exorcise these demons. And just we just want to talk about, like, this book is a book. It's about good, clean, babysitting fun. We just want to talk about babysitting, man. Right? I don't want to talk about babysitting, Jack. No, wrong. Okay. Wrong. I want to talk about refrigerator play. Ah, boy. Okay. You took it there. Let's go for it, man. Let's talk about it. Richard. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but um, I don't know whose edit this is, but whoever's it is. Hey, it's Tanner. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's my edit. Hey, Jack, it's Tanner. Hey, uh, Tanner. Can you layer it? No, sorry. <laughs> Jack, not you. Okay. You, like two weeks from now when you're editing this. Okay. Will you layer in some like real like kind of sexy sensual music under this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got a fi- it. I got a file called. No, it. Jack. Sorry, sorry. No. Okay. Not you. Oh, okay. Sorry. You two weeks from now. Okay. I'm gonna try to read it in the sexiest way I can. Okay. <sighs> Richard is a good cook. <laughs> My mom, well, she makes a great cup of tea. <laughs> Anything else, frankly, is eat or drink at your own risk. She's full of energy and creativity and fun, but she can be a little flaky. (laughs) You're likely to find a lost barrette. You're likely to find a lost barrette in the spinach salad or a house key in the jello. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'll tell you something, Tanner. I'll tell you something. Yeah. yeah. I'm not into refrigerator play. You say that a lot for someone who's not into refrigerator play. Which, for the Baby Nation who haven't been paying attention, is the kink that uh, Richard and Sharon Spear share, whereby their lovemaking is centered around uh, things that you might find in the refrigerator. Yeah. Um, doing sex in or do, not even doing sex, doing sexual doing lovemaking, adjacent yeah. lovemaking in or around the refrigerator. Right. Which can be messy. Yeah. In a fun way. Mm-hmm. I'm mm. not in a refrigerator play. Uh, You're not in a refrigerator play. Uh, Most of our listeners probably aren't in a refrigerator play. But if anyone was ever going to be, yeah. hearing you say, you're likely to find a lost barrette in the spinach salad or a house key in the jello. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> that. That's the thing. Again, 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 I'm concerned about them bringing in their unwillingly and unwittingly bringing in their family to this. Right. And I am concerned about them wasting food. Yeah. Well, losing their fucking house keys. I ain't losing their house keys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The barrettes are fine. Barrettes are going to end up anywhere. Barrettes a a dime a dozen. Yeah. House keys, that that costs something to... And, you know, Jell-O's not easy to make. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's part of it, right? It's the risk and the danger and the, the cost the of challenge. it. The fucking cost yeah. of it. You got to go out. You got to get some Jell-O. You got to wait for it to set. You got to f- find your fucking house keys. You got to 
put him in a jello? Yeah, I know. Meanwhile, everybody's just waiting for it to happen. And listen, I don't know if you've ever <laughs> jello before, but like, <laughs> okay, it. <laughs> <laughs> Booyah, you know? Nope. <laughs> nope. Just like a big, like, th- like a thing of Jello, you know? Like you make it in a bowl, you flip it upside down, you get the bowl off there, and then you just put your house bop, key bop, in bop, it. You, you know? Nope. Okay. The Jello. Nope. Okay. Now, then, now we went too far. That was too far, huh? I mean, not to shame anybody who likes. Uh... No, no, no. If you're into refrigerator play, that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's good. Jack says it's good. Jack likes it. I think it's good. Jack is into it. You know, <sighs> Baby Nation, if we're trying to do anything here yeah. with this show, if we're trying to accomplish anything, it is making a list of Jack's weird fetishes, mm-hmm. and now we're up to two. Mm-hmm. We've got feet kissing, and we've got mm-hmm. refrigerator play. Mm-hmm. with Jell-O. Mm-hmm. So that's it. If there's any mission statement here, it's figure out what Jack's fetishes are, well, and now... We're really making progress. Out of the two of us, which one has a human child? Uh, you do, so you must be doing something right. So I am evolutionarily more successful. Baby Nation, if you want to procreate, if you want to make new life, yeah. Big Mind of Jello. Mm-hmm. I wish we could get off this because yep. I hate saying it. Yep. And mm-hmm. you just, now it's become like a thing and I keep saying it. Mm-hmm. Why don't you use a less dirty word for it? Nope. <laughs> Some Jello? Nope. <laughs> There is no less dirty word. When you're talking about jello, there's no undirty word to say there. I think what you just do, future Jack, yeah. when you're going back to edit this, just bleep every time I say please. <laughs> Moving on. Mm. Thank Christ. I need to grab a beer. Moving on. Let's get a beer. Okay. You say goodbye. Uh, okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. Tanner. Jack. I would like to introduce a segment. I'm here. I'm present with you right now. I'm I'm interested. But I don't personally want to do it. I want to let our friend, Baby B, Karis, do it. So let's queue up. Jack, shut up. She's doing it. Okay. Jesus, man. Did it start yet? I say, uh, uh, swallow me down, uh, uh, and that's, that's that a loving, loving sound. sound. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Karis, for leading us into that beautiful theme song that we have for sw- Swallow Me Down. For the Baby Nation who had to sit through that first part in order to get to the, the part where Tanner and I sing um, the 311 Sublime. song, Sublime song, Swallow Me Down. Yep. Um, thanks for your patience. Yeah. Uh, I hope that it was worth the wait. Um, Karis has a, a beautiful voice and a way with words, but obviously it's just sort of the part A of It's like a, when the beat drops. It's like if you're listening to a, like a Skrillex, right? It's like everybody, you need that part at the at the beginning that's like... But what you want, what you're waiting for, the reason you're listening to this song 
It's yeah. for the part that goes and that's and that's that's what we and that's us that's what we bring with our our crass sublime song yeah and so that's where we are and i hope that the board of directors will allow this brief moment of vocalization let's say rather than using the term singing now i'm looking i'm looking at this cover Swallow Me Down, Baby Nation, or Swallow You Into the Dark is a segment that we have where we talk about the Babysitter's Club covers that come from the deranged but beautiful mind of Babysitter's Club art director Hodges Swallow. And this week, we're going to talk about the cover for this novel, mm-hmm. Dawn and Too Many Sitters. Too Many Sitters. I'm looking at this, okay. Jack. Yeah. And it scans. We've got a BSC meeting in Claudia's bedroom. Dawn is standing mm-hmm. up and she looks exasperated. She's got her hands up. And she looks like the shrug emoji. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? Right. Christy is over on the, her director's chair with her little cap on, making a similar expression. What? Mm-hmm. What? what is going on? Yeah. Between Christy and Don are the three Pike boys, the Jab boys. The Jab boys and Jeff. One of them clearly looks like he's just farted. Mm-hmm. And then over on the left... Tanner's not being crass. That's a scene that happens in this book. Yeah, I that's a scene. That. That's just not a, gross, it does that's not a gross joke I just made. One of the boys passes wind Byron during passes the meeting, wind. and they laugh about it. They say, who yep. farted? Which is not it's Pete very, at his best. Very good beat. <laughs> Well, I didn't love it, but yeah. And then anyway. on the left, we've got Jeff Schaefer, the toe-headed Jeff Schaefer, drinking mm-hmm. a Pepsi, eating nacho chips, having yeah. a good time. Having a good time. Which is a scene. This is a scene. This happened in the novel, but the way that Hodges has chosen to depict it raised a couple of issues for me. And they both have to do with the history of art. The Golden Ratio. Oh yeah, we could uh, you could probably definitely find the golden ratio in this. This picture with Dawn standing up, arms raised, does that not feel to you like a crucifixion? She's sort of making a crucifix like gesture. Now I'm looking at this, Jack, and you're talking the history of art. There's definitely a golden ratio happening here. Yeah. In this image. Right. If you follow Jeff up to Dawn, Dawn down to Christy, Christy around to one of the Pike boys, and then like back up again to the other two, two Pike boys. Right. It's like, this is like textbook golden ratio. Hodges knows his art history, right? And he also knows there's a long line of great paintings depicting the crucifixion. Uh-huh. And he also knows that Dawn books tend to be uh, religious thematic ten did at one point in time yeah and so we have dawn standing looking like she's long suffering and she's got her arms out mm-hmm. and she's surrounded by people who are not sympathetic to her plight dawn is looking heavenward yep she is so is christy so is Chris. Christie's in a pose that would best be described as like the thinker yeah it's very much like the thinker the sculpture the thinker by rodin by Rodin. Mm-hmm. It was referenced in the last book that we read, Claudia. Except and... except her eyes are cast upwards towards heaven and God. Right. 
Um, so if you want to interpret this as a crucifixion narrative, you've got Dawn in the middle as Jesus. You've got Christie possibly as one of the thieves who realizes the error of his ways. And then you've got Jeff uh, who on the other side of Dawn who has not repented. No, no. Um, and then you've got these these laughing these cackling hyenas. Cackling hyenas around the two of them. It does really look like a Renaissance painting now that yeah. I'm looking at it. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's full of action. It's full of color. It's full of like these heavy religious themes. Yeah. And then in the background, we've got some paintings on the wall. It looks like a Rodin painting on the wall there. Did he paint Rodin? It, no, it doesn't look like a Rodin. I didn't mean Rodin. I meant the other guy. Monet. Yeah, it's got an impressionistic vibe to it. It looks like a Monet painting. To me, Tanner, it looks a lot like a Turner painting. Uh, 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 oh, yes, of, co- uh, of course. Doesn't it? It's. I recognize that this is an audio medium. Love Turner. Yeah, it's a very evocative it's, painting. It, it's, it's fire. Very evocative. Basically fire in the sky. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was going to say, too. And Turner, like, Turner is known for sort of his his really evocative depictions of, um, like, fire in the sky. Certainly, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. through his watercolors, evokes the feeling of... Of, of, of right, exactly. Th- th- sort of like that... Of nature, fiery at its nature, wildest, it's sort of tempestuous, yeah, um, force of nature. Oh, exactly. Um, and just by his depictions of clouds and his depictions of light, in particular, and fire, storm, sky, and th- th- are you just, tempests? Yes, Do you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so that's looks, what this painting really looks like to me. Like and honestly... Turner, like a Turner painting. Yeah, that's what I was saying. And it's fucking impressive of Hodges. He's just paid to make covers for Babysitter's Club books, but he was like, oh, I'm going to do a Turner. I'm going to do a whole fucking Turner on Claudia's wall. I assume that's a it's a Kishi original. Do you know I Kishi? I'm familiar. She's a fairly young new artist. An emerging talent. Yeah. Gets a lot of influences from Turner. Do you know Turner? The British painter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm familiar. You know. Okay. Yeah. But so here we have uh, a depiction of Dawn as the crucified Jesus, turning her eyes heavenwards as she is persecuted by men. And <laughs> uh-huh. let's let's make no bones about that. It's persecuted by... It's cackling jackals. Cackling men. And then yep. behind her, evocative of Turner, is this painting of fire. Yeah. Foreboding, interesting. Oh, you mean you mean that painting? Yeah. See, I was looking at the other painting. It's one directly to her left. Because there's yeah. one behind her as well that also looks like fire. Yeah, the one, the one behind <laughs> Apparently her also... Apparently Claudia looks- only paints fire. Yeah. So that's interesting. There are two know. paintings hanging on the wall, and both of them look like landscape paintings that are on fire. Well, you know what's interesting? We know, and it's referenced in this book, that Claudia has... One described painting in her room, and it is a painting of her grandmother, Mimi. Yes. And she's always like, oh, I painted my grandma Mimi, and I hung it up on my wall. It's interesting now that we finally get to see that painting, and it's just a fire in the middle of the ocean. That's what she thinks of when she thinks of Mimi. Well, and we know that these books end in fire, so maybe it's something good. Maybe Mimi's coming back. There's a lot happening in this. There's really a lot going on in this. 
It is a complex cover that you've painted for us, Hodges, and I know you're listening. So we'd like to thank Hodges uh, for that. Uh, there's a lot to unpack. Uh, we'll post a picture um, in the Baby Nation Facebook group or on our much-neglected Facebook page. Jack, speaking of some of the brilliant minds behind these books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Life is like a beehive here in Stony Brook. Babysitters, purple orbs, doll thrive. It's a dense book. Might ghostwrite mysteries or rewrite history. Sweet Pete Larangis. <laughs> Every week we're out here praising Sweet Pete Larangis. Tales of good clean burns and tears and moments. Ooh. Okay, now you're just singing. Now you're just singing. Now you're just singing the song. It's not from. <laughs> uh, I'll allow it. Uh, who is that submitted by Tanner? Baby B Jacob with a K. Thank you, Baby B Jacob. This is a segment which is introduced with a different song every week, submitted by the wonderful Baby Bs out there in Baby Nation, where we talk about the moment wherein we discovered that this book could only have been written by the great, sweet Peter Larangis. It's called sorry, Larangis Moment. I feel like moment. I should clarify. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's it's called Larangis Moment. I should clarify. Mm-hmm. Jacob with a K, J-A-K-O-B, not... K-A-C-O-B. I know that can be confusing. Oh, right. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. probably thought that. Thank you. Yeah. Baby B, Jacob with a K, J-A-K-O-B. Wait, isn't Jacob with a K, Jacob, though? No, sorry. <laughs> it's uh, the second, the C of the Jacob is mm-hmm. a K. So it's Jacob with a K instead of a C. It's K-A-K-O-B. No, wait. Baby B, Jacob. No. K-A-K-O-B. No, no, no. J-A-K-O-B. Jacob. Jacob. Okay. So yeah. it's Jacob with a J. Yes. Okay. Thank you for clearing and that a, up. And a K. Oh, Jacob. No, it's like Jacob. It's J-K- J-K-A-K-O-B. No, no, no. Sorry, uh-huh. I'm looking at it again. It's just okay. J-A-K-O-B. It's important we get this right. J-A-K-O-B. Jacob. Jacob. Baby. Baby. Jacob. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that, Jacob. Let's hear your set to the theme of the Ducktales theme song. Yeah. Thank you, Jacob. Let's hear your Laurentius moment. When was the moment you realized that we were swimming this week in a deep, deep sea of sweet, sweet Pete, sweet, sweet treats this week? Nipple deep. Guess <sighs> oh, on those sweet, sweet so... feet of sweet, sweet Pete this week. Do you want to know my true, my true raw? Yeah. If we're raw dogging our Pete's this week, mm-hmm. this is my raw Pete. Okay. Welcome back, Stacy's voice called out. I reached up and removed a huge floppy straw hat from my head. Cool, I said. Is this yours? Nope. A welcome back present for you, Stacy said. Then all of the welcome back presents came out of the woodwork. A gift box of lotions and soaps from Claudia a tape mix from Abby, and a basket of natural food goodies from Shannon and Christy. Marianne, by the way, had given me a gorgeous jumpsuit earlier. Mal arrived with a set of note cards, and Jesse with a beautiful biography of a ballet dancer called Pavlova. 
which she insisted I lend to her after I was done. Logan gave me a pack of sugarless gum. (laughs) I think it just happened to be in his pocket, and he felt guilty (laughs) arriving (laughs) empty-handed. A beautiful little slice of life moment there from Sweet Pete. Logan just really jumps off the page when Pete (laughs) writes him. I think Pete loves to write Logan. He's like an everyman. Because he's just yeah. like, oh, I didn't know uh, I didn't know we were giving presents. Um, and also thought he could get away with it. It was just like, uh, I'm really excited for you to come back, Dong. I know you love um, health food, Dong? Uh, Dong? <laughs> I got you this sugar-free gum. Very good. Did you have one? Um, the thing that really sealed it for me and the thing that I liked the most is like Claudia this week uh, has decided uh, that it's like cool and sophisticated to say anon. <laughs> it was cool. It was actually pretty cool and sophisticated <laughs> when she said it, though. It's cool. Here's the passage. Uh, there she, Claudia's talking about the, um, uh, like, she's brought home this brochure that's this, like, multi-level marketing scheme where Stony Brook Middle School is trying to uh, convince parents to sign up for this trip to Hawaii. Right. Uh, and she's talking to the BSC. Uh, the first trip is this summer, Claudia said. And guess where? Mexico, Stacy guessed. Antarctica, Mallory said. Palo City, California, Jesse piped up. Uh, downtown Stamford. Logan remarked. SMS summer school. Abby volunteered. Logan and Abby are just like miles ahead of the rest of these girls. Yeah. Like they're just like their comedy is on on the next level. Jesse's trying her best with Palo City, California. It's like it's where Dawn's from. Well, we know Jesse loves jokes. Yeah, she loves jokes. It's one of Jesse's defining traits. But Logan kills it with downtown Stamford. And then Abby... I've been to downtown Stanford. How is it? It is a joke. (laughs) Sorry, Stanford. Great. We already lost our listeners from Cleveland. Um, SMS Summer School, Abby volunteered. We all started cracking up. Ring! Claudia stuck her nose in the air. Well, I guess I'll just have to tell you, Anon. Anon? Abby repeated. Anon what? Christy asked. Claudia snatched up the receiver. Hello, Babysitter's Club at your service. Oh, hi, Mrs. Prezioso. Next Monday, I will check the book and call you back anon. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) I would be so confused if I was Mrs. Prezioso. I just, like, I like that it's just a little slice of life, but I like that Claudia, who's not, like, the, the most literary member of the Babysitter's Club, so she wouldn't know, has somehow, like, accidentally glommed onto this word from Shakespeare <laughs> and thinks it's, like, cool teen speak. <laughs> Where does Anon come from? Um, what I'm getting here from uh, this etymology dictionary is that it is from the Old English. That you have saved as your homepage? Let's not <laughs> focus on me and what I do with my homepage and focus instead on the topic at hand, which is the etymology of Anon, which I'll remind you is something that you asked me. It looks like it comes from the Old English. And what's the origins? It, from on an, and there's a word for what happens when uh, th- in linguistics when you get the vowels kind of switch places like that, and unfortunately I can't remember it. Um, Whoa. 
Look who can't remember the <laughs> word for when vowels switch places. How embarrassing. Um, but yeah, it used to mean at once or thus, and it later through misuse uh, eventually came to mean soon in a little while. It's funny how words flip meaning like that. Huh? Yeah. It means that it's time for us to move on at once, Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> to me asking you a question, Tanner, did you this week have a <gasps> burn of the week? Did you have a burn of the week this week, Tanner? I had like a thousand, man. You had a bunch. It was a good burn week. Yeah, let's hear yours. Mine is just, you know what? It's a classic burn. It's what you want from a burn. Okay. The one I've selected here, it's just a good straight up and down burn. Okay. By the time Mr. and Mrs. Braddock arrived home, Stacy was ready to collapse. Mm-hmm. But it was 5.15 on Wednesday and she had just enough time for a leisurely walk to Claudia's house with Adam. Adam, she said patiently as they walked away, you have to control your temper when you're a babysitter. Good advice. Yeah. Don't ever, ever, ever make me sit for that ugly dork ever again. <laughs> Woo! Ugly dork. So your burn of the week this week, Tanner, is a burn on Haley Braddock, a yep. eight-year-old girl. An eight-year-old ugly dork. I feel like you're editorializing. An, a young eight-year-old uh, who's only it's in the crime. Text. It's actually, uh, Jack, it's actually right in the text. She's defined right here as... Um, an ugly dork by babysitter in training Adam Pike. And you thought that that was hilarious to call an eight-year-old girl an ugly dork, an eight-year-old girl who has devoted her life to doing sign language interpretation uh, for her for brother. Her, for her brother, yeah, yeah. Ugly dork, classic, <laughs> classic. Thanks for no, thank you, Tanner. Thanks for highlighting that. Uh, keep in mind, this is this is her babysitter saying this. Yeah, her literal babysitter. It should be a crime. Fortunately, my burn of the week this week is a little bit more high-minded, uh, and hopefully, okay. will serve as an antidote. Oh, is it like a? Is it a really good burn on like Nietzsche? No, it's a burn on anyone who has a deontological view of ethics rather than a utilitarian one. Certainly, so it would be a burn on Kant, Tanner. Um, here's my burn. It's Dawn describing herself. Here's what she says. Inside, I'm very passionate about several things. I am deeply committed to rainforest conservation, animal rights, and the fight against pollution. I do not eat red meat. Don't even touch my plate with the ground-up carcass of a slaughtered cow, otherwise known as a hamburger. (laughs) What, what is you, the burn in that? What do you mean, what is the burn? It just seems all pretty straightforward. It's a burn on chickens and fish. Because Dawn eats chicken and fish? Yeah, she's committed to animal rights, but she doesn't eat red meat. I feel like you're... Fuck you, chickens, right? Fuck you, 500 million chickens a year. I'm committed to animal rights, and because of that, I don't eat red meat. But chickens... You're bringing a challenging... Fish? Political message to the show. <laughs> you know? Bird on you guys. I'm committed to animal rights, but you, apparently you're not animals. Okay, great. So, ha! Classic burn from Dawn. 
What a fun energy you've brought to the show, man. <laughs> you want another it's one? Time. No, I don't want any more animal rights advocacy from you. <laughs> Here's another burn from Dawn. Uh, she's talking about going to Stony Brook. Most of all, she says, I'll miss Sunny. She's my number one friend of all time. That's a burn on Marianne and Christy. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting them deeper. <laughs> uh, Jack, let's get the fuck out of here right now. Let's get the fuck out of here, Tanner. Yeah, I'm interested. Tanner, thank you for being here with me, Baby Nation. Thank you for bearing with us. Baby Nation, please do your duty to God and your country. <laughs> Obey the scout law at all times. And, duty. no, Tanner, no. And leave us a nice review and rating on iTunes if you haven't done so already. Yep. Share this podcast with a friend if you have a friend you think would appreciate it. I hope you do have a friend. I hope you have a friend, and I hope you have a friend who shares your sense of humor. And I hope that you share this podcast with them. Baby Nation, thank you for listening. Baby Nation, thank you for listening to this episode during which we discussed the novel Dawn and Too Many Sitters. Next week, we're going to be reading a little book called Stacy's Broken Heart. Oh, no. <gasps> no. Brewdoggy. Brewdoggy. What are we going to do without Brewdoggy in our lives? <sighs> Maybe they get back together. I don't I, know. I'm not going to speculate. It might be a sad one. Brewdoggy. Brewdoggy. How's Stacy going to survive? How's the club going to survive? We're going to find out. In the meantime, Baby Nation, I have been this week America's favorite babysitter's club club co-host, America's favorite babysitter's club critic, expert and scholar, Jack Alexander Shepard I. I am Tanner Greenring. And have been Tanner Greenwing. Green, and have been Tanner Greenring this week. <laughs> Baby Nation! Oh, what a fool you made of yourself just then. Do us and yourselves a favor. Round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget, please do not forget to let Daddy love you as much as I do. If you are a sovereign citizen, you are not being detained, and you are free now to go. Am I free to go, Jack? Tanner, you're free to go. Oh, that's actually good to hear. Yeah. I have a lot of moving violation tickets. <laughs> just well, gonna throw them out. Baby Nation, Claudia's wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you would think the boys had just been invented. Hey, it's Jack here. It's your Uncle Jacko. Uh, just testing my levels here. 7.05 in Austin, Texas. Not too bad. I uh, said we'd start at 8. It's only five minutes late. I feel pretty good about that. Um, I'm no Christy. Uh, but, oh, look, there it is. Tanner's harassing me over our um, the app that we used to talk to each other uh, by sending me eggplant emojis. And he knows... I don't like eggplant. Chicka check, chicka chick check, chicka check chick, chicka check, chicka chick check, chicka wild, wild west, Jim West, desperado, don't wanna, gotta, gotta, not a, none of this, buffalo soldier, see you like I told you. 
Jack, that was the rap portion of Wild Wild West by Will Smith. Uh, kind of adapted to the situation we're in, where we do mic checks. So if you're listening to this still, that's kind of where my head was at. Just want to give you a peek into the uh, creative process a little bit there. So, bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.